From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. The latest from batshit bonkers Britain, Katie Hopkins, on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And a very warm welcome to the Katie Hopkins Show on Tuesday, the 12th of December. Can you even believe it? Coming up in the show today, my loves, we're talking the Michelle Moan documentary. If you don't know what I'm talking about or you're not in the UK, I'll explain it. If you are in the UK and you know Michelle Moan or you know her a bit like I do, all my life, uh, I want to flag the World Health Organization's hand in the farcical COVID inquiry, getting people to think top down, not bottom up as they currently are. And our top three out of the UK, including the gorgeous, gorgeous Novak Djokovic, providing the steady hand of sanity that we all need. It's a winning week here at TNT Radio because I've decided it. You know what to do. I may be in the driving seat, but you are the engine for this show. So do go to chat at TNT Radio. And here is how you join the conversation. Katie Hopkins wants you to chat to her. Just go to TNTradio.live, hit chat, and join your family chatting away. We're on the highway to freedom, where listeners drive the show. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, so we'll be kicking off with my top three out of the UK. Always encouraging everyone. Hello, beautiful Katie. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, I brushed my hair. TNT only just got back this time after they put you back on. <laughs> oh, I see. TNT, yes, so this is a message for Dean, actually. Uh, TNT only just got me back at this time after they put you back on. Ah, lovely Dean says good morning. Isn't it nice? Do I get to do this, Dean? Can you answer on here, please? Do I get to do this now for all time? Do I always get to pick up Le Baton from Dean? Isn't it great? And then people are returning because Dean's there. I know. I find it very comforting indeed. I love it. I love it. I love it. Good afternoon, Katie, from Australia. Australia's here. Don't, Australia, don't speak like that, obviously. There's no need for me to be doing that. Uh, good afternoon, Australia. Hello to the colonies. Um, and over in California, do we have any of our token Californians up for a wee break in the middle of the night? Or wherever else you're from, do dive on um, and tell us where you are. One of the lovely things about Katie's Arms, the pub on Friday night, is people now dive on from all over the world and say hello from Swindon, hello from Hawaii, hello from Toronto, hello from, and I actually very much love that because it gives people the sense of just how um, interwoven we all are, you know, and how we all belong to the same thing. Commie Californian is here. Tokens, we haven't done tokens for a while, have we? Token vegan, do we have our token? Do we still have our token? I'm a Brummy living in Oz. Oh, good move. <laughs> Get out of Brum, Jesus Get out of Brum, get out of Bradford, get out of Leicester, get out of Luton, get out of London, get out of... Do you notice what's happening? We're basically being pushed to the edges of our country. We're standing on cliff edges overlooking the sea going, where do we go next? <laughs> Literally, isn't it? 
you just keep pulling out, you pull out, you pull out. I need to get away from the cities. I need to get away from places where I literally, I'm a foreigner in my own land. I need to get out. I need to get out. And then like me, you end up like this on the, on the coastline of England, staring into the sea, teaching your children to surf because you're like, okay, so, okay, we've got a surfing option. We'll get out of here on boards if we have to. I should also say something of a drama last night. Let me tell you before I get into my top three, which I really want to do. Hold on. Where are my top three? Here they are. Oh, yes. Yes. I love my top three. Um, so so I'm. we're just, what are we doing last night? This is sort of standard in my life. So yesterday I had the lovely Rob Moore down. I don't know if you know Rob Moore, uh, but I allowed him to come to my home. And I say that in the most... Um, it sounded very ungracious. But what I mean is I don't allow anybody to my home ever because it's my nest and it has my chicks in it. And I think they deserve privacy from me. And I am also fiercely protective of them and their right to space that doesn't have any of my world in it. Hmm. But anyway, Rob Moore, I love him very much. I don't know if you listen to him or watch him. He does a podcast called, I think, The Disruptors, Rob Moore Disruptors. And I've done three now podcasts with him because I find him to be unique and so interesting. And he's so, he is, he'd be brilliant actually here at TNT. He actually listens. He actually has questions he wants to know the answer to. And he's so interesting if, if he'll answer questions if I ask them. And he's always got, he's got a thousand things going on in that brain of him. So I invited him to my home yesterday. So he turned up with his little camera team and then I got to make everybody cream teas. I know it was the most, I seriously guys, not only am I like mothering like a badass, I'm like, I'm like now catering. I'm like, having people in my house and making them things. What next? I'm going to take up knitting, aren't I? Or lose my sense of humour. Or start to, maybe I'm going to like foster a cat and smell slightly of wee and never have sex again. I've really, really got to get off this trajectory because I don't think it's heading in the direction that I saw my life heading as I hit 50, which was like, yeah, splendid run towards the firewall. It's feeling all a little bit homely. And I know what happens when I have this phase. I have to self-detonate immediately and do something catastrophic to my life just to shake up the status quo. Anyway, evening comes, all getting ready for dinner. Boo -doo -boo -doo -boo -doo. And then I get the call. Mum, can you come and get me in the car with a toilet roll? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> and I shouldn't, you know, and I wouldn't disclose private things normally, but this is a funny story, right? I mean, it wasn't funny at the time. That's literally the message on my phone. So if my kids go out or whatever, you know, I, or I've drilled into them since they were, well, before they could speak. If you've got a problem, who do you ring? And they would all answer now, mum. What will mum do? Fix it. That's, I, I still install it. I still drill it in all the time. And if I hear that they've had a problem and they haven't called me, then they're in trouble. So I get a call, mum, meet me at the school, bring a toilet roll. It's seven o'clock at night, it's dark, it's foggy out there, and my son's out with his mates, <laughs> bring a toilet roll. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> 
Uh, I've got me. Oh, look at you. You guys are so gorgeous. I'm watching on YouTube and chatting over here. Right. So I'm just getting my head around this. So you can watch on YouTube. And I'm assuming there's some sort of chitty chat on there, which I don't really see, do I? But because I see this chat here, because it's convenient for me to be able to listen to you on in vision here. Uh, I'm watching me too. I've got my iPad to watch and my phone to chat. Right. So is there an argument that I should have this on YouTube and I could see the chat? I don't know because I like this chat. Me too. Got mine the same. Great minds think alike. Ha, ah, I see. So, yes, let's let other people know. So if you're watching this, let's say on YouTube, the chitty chat that I look at is the TNT radio one, which is like old school, right? So I'm kind of old school with this. I'm the LP of TNT Radio Vision. I'm like CDs when CDs were a CD. I am, should I stop with this <laughs> analogy stuff? <laughs> I am the telephone still plugged into the wall. I know, weren't those great days waiting for a boy to ring, hoping he would ring, <gasps> waiting upstairs feeling sick. Will he ring? Will he ring? Phone rings downstairs, hallway. You've got your mum, you got your dad. You need to beat them to the phone because you don't want them to find out that there might be a boy ringing your house. So you go down the stairs. Your mother gets there first, picks up the phone. Could be the boy. Oh, hi, Mildred. It's your bloody great aunt Mildred. And she talks. And you're waiting for a boy to ring. And now great aunt Mildred is on the landline talking to your mother. And that can be a good hour. <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah, so I'm still old school and I'm in this chat. So do come across and join us here as well. Surround yourself. TNT yourself up the yin-yang. So quickly to the sun story. Meet me at the school with a toilet roll in the dark. So I run up the stairs thinking possible toileting issues, possible injury issues, possible even worse than that issues like who can say, you know, possible clear up issues. I don't know. I didn't ask any questions. I went, yes, son, put the phone down, grabbed towels. Maybe someone's having a baby, grabbed toilet roll, ran to the car, drove out while the, the windscreen was still completely misted up. Couldn't see shit. Fan on full, windows open, peeking. You know, when you drive totally illegally and you're just about peeking through you, you I mean, with my nose, it's only my nose that can see out. Driving with my toilet rolls on my blankets into the night to find my son and find out what horrible fecal incident might have happened. Remaining calm. <laughs> I'm really, really good at a drama. I'm really good. I know. So then get to school. Two boys, one of his friends, amazing, walked him to make sure he got in the car. That, I'm like, I've been all over it, thanking the boy, telling the friend that he did a great job, solid mate, never leave your mates, even when there's a problem and you might be in the SHIT, stay with your mates. So what a great thing. Sun comes down, hand in a thing, all blood just bleh, coming down <laughs> his arm, just like a bloody hand bleh, mess. Bleh. And so he gets in the car and so, and uh, and from there on in, I can fix things, obviously. Climbing fences in the dark, retrieving balls. I don't actually know the true story. That probably is the true story. And just basically took a spike through the hand, self-impaled. Um, so I was able to sort that out. Bit of bandaging. I'm not bad with a bandage. 
uh, done my uh, first aiding out in the field with the military uh, and all good today. But I just think what a great thing. What a great thing. Not, not uh, you know, praising my own children or anything, but like did a bad thing, got injured, stayed with his mates, mates walk him to help, make sure he got it, rang mum, got sorted. Good. Good. I feel like I'm, you know what I mean? This is good. I don't want to, I'm not saying I'm a good mum. I'm not. Um, I also have your jumper on. Oh, yes. Mm -mm, tank commander driving, right? <laughs> Tanks. Anybody that can drive a tank, truly. I'm just having a quick sip of coffee. Is that allowed in vision? Mm -mm. I don't know. People drink coffee. Get over yourselves. Uh, what do you think I am? Some sort of huge superhero. I know I am. Um, here's my stories. Let me tell you something you should be very, very scared about immediately. Now, if you're not scared, then really you're letting yourself down. You're letting your family down. You're letting the World Health Organization down. Hmm? And you're letting Bill Gates down. <laughs> this is an actual news headline yesterday. Mosquito-borne diseases to kill people in the UK. Parts of the UK will become home to mosquitoes capable of spreading dengue fever, something I can't read. That's the, the okay, let me try that again. Like you might catch by 2040. <laughs> Screw that. I ain't going to be here by then. So you may catch, you should be taking this more seriously. If you're laughing, you have no place on this radio show. You By 2040 or maybe 2050, no one can say exactly, you may die from and Zika virus. You'll have babies with half a head. I've already got half a head. Wait a minute. If I was to catch Zika virus and then have a baby, I know. I know, massively unlikely, A, because I'd need to have sex with a young person, and B, because my eggs are about as, you know, hard-boiled as someone who's scared of, you know, bacteria. But let's just say I had a baby and I caught Zika virus. I already have half a head because of my surgery. So if I had half a head already and then I get Zika virus, that means my baby would be born with a quarter of a head. Anyway, the UK Health Security Agency says, based on a worst-case scenario, because the science loves a bit of that, we could see by 2050 UK people dying of dengue fever, chicka chicka chunga, chicka chicka chunga, and Zika virus. So be very afraid. Mm. It's all kicking off over at COP28. It's the other story, new story, and the greenies and the leftist and the vegans are all not our vegans who are plant-based and let everyone do what they want to do, but the compulsory militia vegans are very upset because it turns out if you host a climate summit in the UAE, which is known for fossil fuels, and the president of COP28 is an actual oil baron, like one of the biggest in the world, it turns out if you're a climate loon, you're still supposed to be surprised when the major oil baron doesn't vote for his own freaking ending and takes fossil fuels out of the equation, like a turkey voting for Christmas. You're supposed to be surprised, right, when the turkey goes, mm, no thanks, <laughs> we'll still be using fossil fuels, thanks. 
and I've done a few billion dollars worth of deals whilst we've been at the climate conference. But the greenies are surprised. I know it doesn't take much to get them to cry into their quinoa. Don't be at me, my token vegan. Benedict, I'm not slagging off plant-based people. I'm just saying the climate lot. Hmm? They seem surprised that major oil baron flogs oil. Doesn't feel like a story to me. Um, I'm having a look here. Bill Gates released some genetically. Oh, I remember this. Do you know what I've noticed as well? Is that I need to read the comment before I join in. Because otherwise, how do people know what I'm saying? Or what you're saying? They don't. It's poor, isn't it? Here we go. Bill Gates released some genetically modified mosquitoes a few months ago, I heard. So clever, so true. Yes, in Florida, Texas, California. Is that how they get us next? What a prick. Yeah, well done. Someone's put the mosquito release story on the chat. I hate that he thinks he's God. You see it, don't you? Pull this up. I was thinking this this morning when I was cleaning my teeth. Don't ask me. Why? It's an Adam and Eve scenario, isn't it? And I think somewhere in a small room, these bunch of satanic cretins have been played this whole thing. You are the new Adam and Eve, and we will reverse the world back to a global paradise that only you get to enjoy. And when you look back at the you know, the Council of Rome and all of that 50 years ago, deciding that that was the end of growth. And it's mapping out exactly that way. So, so smart. If any other species suffered as many diseases as humans, we'd euthanize them out of pity. Only animals near to humans in the sickness Olympics are pets and domesticated ones, which like humans, a pharmaceutical greedy GP pincushions. Oh, good. Nice writing. Very nice. So it's all kicking off at COP28. Uh, and the final thing, and there was some details that I could share with you, but the US said the language needs to be strengthened. The EU climate commissioner says it's unacceptable. The French officials say they are disappointed by the insufficient draft. It's not, it is insufficient. What is this piece of shit? And a representative from the Alliance of Small Island States says, we will not sign our death certificate. Oh, drama. So Al Jabba is totally killing it. I love him. More oil barons for me, please. And uh, yes, please, Al Jabba, I'd like to come and be one of your wives. Imagine the reporting we could do out of the UAE. Be epic. Also imagine my tan. Also epic. So I want to take us to commercial break by uh, way of Novak. And many of you might know. I don't know if you do know. And it doesn't matter if you don't know. So I used to be anti-Novak. And I feel terribly about that. But I did because I found him to be cold and uh, autistic to a degree that I could, not even I could cope with, bear in mind that I clearly have some sort of ADHD, ADD, whatever I have. I don't mind what, what it is. And I found him to be too, I couldn't, I couldn't feel him. Do you know what I mean? Like as if it was all about me, needed to feel him while he just wins everything. And now I love him. I love him almost as much as I love Al Jabba, as much as I love Elon Musk. I love him as much as I love Dean, nearly. So Novak does 60 Minutes in Australia. 
and I, I love those guys as well. They're great. Uh, they're a great gang. There's uh, a lot of fun in 60 Minutes in Australia behind the scenes. And I, this is the shortest quote in human history, but it's so perfect. And I find it to be calming and lovely. And we might even play it twice. I'm just going to let studio know that even might be happening. Should we just take a listen to, I think it's 18 seconds of Novak Djokovic being perfect. Let's take a listen to this. Correct me if I'm wrong, you were not against vaccination, you just did not want it for yourself. Exactly. People tried to, you know, declare me as an anti-vax. I'm not anti-vax. No, I'm pro-vax. Pro I'm, I'm, I'm pro-freedom to choose. Ah, I'm pro-freedom to choose. And basically, put whatever label you want on me, I'm also the world's greatest tennis player. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pro freedom to choose. I just think that's a great line because it has so many uses, doesn't it? You know, people say, oh, you're fattish, you're against fat people. No, I'm pro freedoms, pro your freedom to choose, just don't make me pay for your issues, right? I'm pro freedom of choice, live your life however you want. Just don't make me accountable for your decisions. Don't make me believe the same crap that you believe then we're all good. My darlings, Novak's going to take us to the commercial break. When we come back, we've got so much to talk about, I can't even tell you, but um, Michelle Moan, we're going to do a little bit on her because I know some background stuff to that that I think is really fun. Um, I also want to talk about the WHO pandemic treaty. I'm going to be banging on about this a little bit. And for those of you already in the know, you're going to be like, yes, Katie, we know. But I feel like it's now a bit of a mission I need to get on, which is to start to get people to question about the COVID inquiry. Is it really an inquiry? I mean, really? And there's going to be some effort I need to put in to try and shift people across from their current position of imagining the COVID inquiry is actually a COVID inquiry. Um, and there are many, many more, more stories, but go nowhere good people apart from i think some people are on youtube do join the chat my old school chat if you will at tnt radio because i love um to hear what you have to say and truly you do drive the show as anybody who's here often will know we change on a we change on a dime as an american would say we pivot on a dime we heel pivot you should see my heel pivots still very very good um and we will come back after this short commercial break talking the Baroness Bra, ha, Michelle Moon, who told me once that I was the reason that British businesswomen couldn't be trusted. <laughs> okay, my darlings, uh, go nowhere. Uh, my name is Katie Hopkins. This is TNT Radio. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were not against vaccination. You just did not want it for yourself. Exactly. People tried to, you know, declare me as an anti-vax. I'm not anti-vax. No, I'm pro-vax. Pro I'm, I'm, I'm pro-freedom to choose. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Just a terrible situation there, and Biden was behind it, pushing these arms, pushing billions of dollars over there. We don't know where that money went. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you a huge percent uh, went, I bet you more than 50% didn't go to the uh, to the people or to the war. Uh, it went to people's pockets, kind of like what we have in, in uh, Palestine. Uh, with the U.S. Since, since well, under Biden, uh, Trump shut this down, thank God, but under Biden, Obama, they started sending billions over to uh, 
uh, that part of the world. These people are, have been after Israel forever and, and uh, supported by Iran and billions of dollars going their way and uh, to help them not, you know, basically uh, create chaos in the Middle East, terrorism, and, and we saw what happened earlier this year, about a month ago, uh, the two of one attack in Israel and the death and destruction, rape and kidnapping, more than 240 people kidnapped. Joe Hoft on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. You're with Katie Hopkins on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, you are. You're back with the Katie Hopkins Show and back with Tribe, who are chatting away. Uh, if you would love to join the conversation or just say hi to the guys or just sit there quietly, but also watch the views of lots of other people, uh, do feel free. And it is a free for all. Um, you absolutely never uh, need to agree with me or you never need to think the same as anyone else. You can just go in there and add your bits or maybe you want to share a link or whatever. So if you go to TNT Radio and join the Chitty Chit Chat, I think some people Chitty Chit Chat away on YouTube, but either which way, I Chitty Chitty Chat Chat here, old school on my phone. Um, oh, I'm, oh, Novak, here we are. I was just catching, so I have to catch up sometime. I'm a token ADHD adult Asperger's and I'm wearing the same jumper, same jumper as me. <laughs> yeah, you see, we're all something, aren't we? This is the thing. You know, I think we can get too focused on labels and I don't think that's healthy because a natural thing to do is to default to the label, isn't it? So that if something goes wrong or something's very difficult or if something is horrible, you can default to the label because we all want to blame something. So like I can blame, let's take an example of, you know, with my epilepsy meds, I mean, what those things can do to people and the moods it can put you in and all, all sorts of things. I mean, there's a bit of your brain that is impacted that controls like anger and jealousy and terrible things. So you can blame the meds because of your label that is I'm epileptic and I take more meds than a small elephant. But somewhere along the line, I think that's dangerous because you have to kind of get a grip regardless, right? It's not that you don't have a issue or a condition or you're a label. And it's not that that isn't real. It's just that regardless of that, you've got to get a grip of the situation, haven't you? So as life's gone on and more people talk about being on the spectrum and, you know, specific things that, it, what it means for you. So like an obsession with background noise, <laughs> turns out that's me. But I think regardless, you have to get a bit of a grip. Yeah, so that that's probably where I sit on it. But either which way, if we've got the same sparkly jumper on, I'm happy with that. Can we talk about Michelle Moan? If you're not in the UK, we have no idea who Michelle Moan is. Perfect. She is, uh, she's well known and she's now Baroness Michelle Moan because she sits in the House of Lords, which is extremely privileged and affords you many, many luxuries. But mostly what it affords you is access to very lucrative deals, access to people who can get stuff to you. It's basically 
the unlocking of the secret door of how things actually get done and how wealth is distributed amongst a very, very tiny percentage of the population. And that's precisely what this woman did. She uh, was part of the club. She had access to incredibly lucrative contracts during the pandemic. And when she saw a particular uh, pandemic, I stopped doing it with that silly voice now. She saw a particular contract coming up for provision of PPE. Remember that protective, you had to have this and you had to have an apron and you had to have a visor and you had to have this and gloves and it came as a pack. She saw that contract coming up and the allegation is <laughs> that she basically thought we'll have some of that created a company with her, I'm going to say dodgy, that's my personal opinion that I believe, uh -huh. and it's proven. Um, husband, they saw it, they created an illusion of a company. They bought in dodgy PPE that did not meet standard, as far as I can tell. And they siphoned off all the cash. The PPE that she got paid for was never used because it wasn't uh, to standard. I'm just looking at the PPE Med Pro. So that's what they called the company. That's quite clever, isn't it? <laughs> if you're bidding for a, a contract that's about PPE, why not set up a company called PPE Med Pro? So this company that they fabricated because they had sight of VIP contracts and could get access to them was awarded government contracts for more than two hundred million pounds of your money if you're in the UK. Department of Health and Social Care has issued breach of contract proceedings over the 2020 deal. So what this woman, this thing, she was posing by her yacht, uh, 26 million, I want to say, please correct me, if you think I'm wrong or you know I'm wrong, I'm very happy to be told I'm wrong always and corrected. Uh, 28 million of that 200 million went straight into a trust fund under Baroness Moan's name in an offshore account. Uh, so she says, you know, she didn't have anything to do with this or she hasn't taken any money. So why is there 28 million? 28, is it? Um, sitting in a off sure fund for her. Uh, let me just see. So the news yesterday night was the release of a documentary that she has made. She's made a documentary because she's, she's a TV lady in the sense that she was one of the, oh no, she wasn't back in my time on The Apprentice. There was lovely Margaret, who's so brilliant. Um, kind of professor plus level in Egyptian history and study of, of Egypt. She's fabulous. And then there was Nick Hewer. So it was back in the day when there was two actual real people as kind of business judges on The Apprentice. But on the show that was for TV, so a bit more gaudy, and they needed someone with tits and teeth and hair, this woman, she's paid for all of those and paid for her face to be completely different than it was. Uh, this lady, Michelle Moan, was on the panel on TV. So she just basically launched for me, which is totally fine because it's TV. 
But the documentary, she's used to TV. She knows about presenting. She knows how cameras work. She knows how persuasive getting the public on, on board are. So now, right at this moment, she's paid for her own documentary to release it, to show how she's completely innocent and none of it was her fault. I mean, it's mad. And guess, looking at Tribe, who funded the documentary that she's made in order to show that she's whiter than white. The blooming company, PPE Metro, Medpro. So your money, if you're a British taxpayer, has been siphoned into a company that had incredible profits that never delivered what it should. And now money from that same company that you put your money into unwinningly has been used to fund a documentary to show that she never did anything wrong and she's whiter than white. That's your money paying for her to try and whitewash herself into saying she did nothing wrong. I'm so, am I on, has someone, are we all on drugs? And so questions, key questions, and this is the point, not none of the other blah, blah, blah. Number one, why now? The timing will be everything. The timing is everything. I can see she's had the advice which says you need to admit to something and then you're then you're innocent of the rest, right? So she's now admitted, oh, I did the wrong thing by saying I had no links to that company when it was her bloody husband running it and 26 million got siphoned off for her regardless, right? So she's acknowledged something. So they'll always tell you in any kind of negotiation, right? Always acknowledge something, always be sorry for something, give them something. And then the rest of it, I'm not watching it. I can't bear it. I'm, I refuse to. But another thing, so one, the timing, two, the soft focus, just for the lols. Have a little look, just look at a two second clip. I've got a little clip coming up in a moment of her. And I've, I've particularly clipped the bit that's got her in. Uh, have a little look at the focus on this. Like I'm telling you, like these days, right, you can get, we've got these little Instacams, you can get HD, you can get it so sharp. I mean, you see it if you watch something that's the biggest budget you see, like the, like the David Attenborough stuff, right? The, the, the filming, the camera work is so, so precise. It's amazing. Look at the camera work on this. Shoot. Oh, yes. You've become a recognized household name currently under a criminal investigation with bank accounts frozen. You've not said anything. This is your first interview. Why now? Because we just can't take any more. We're sick and tired reading all the lies every single day. We need to speak out. We need to protect ourselves. And people need to know the truth. <laughs> you can hear, can't you? You can hear she's rougher than a badger's ass. <laughs> we just can't take any more. <laughs> so, so the, the the comedy is that this woman who was always rougher than a badger's ass. I knew her back before the money, so I knew her when she looked like a proper. I really liked her actually when she just had her bra factory. She was pushing out bras that made women feel better about themselves. That's rock and roll. You know, she had a face like a slapped ass. She had crap hair like me. Uh, she was like us. Like, I, I love that Michelle Moan. 
But then came the money and the power and the TV and the new face and the new teeth and the new hair and the new body. And it, and then she's become more and more obnoxious to the point that she stole money. So this week there was a pre-trial hearing this week, this week, where the government is suing PPE MedPro for £130 million of our money for unusable gowns this week. And she puts out the documentary. Her husband, brackets, also on fraud charges in Spain, pocketed 65 million of our money. Her trust, this offshore trust, 29 million of that cash. I apologize to you. I told you wrong. 29 million. She said she had nothing to do with PPE MedPro. She says, She's done nothing wrong. And now she's taken our money to make a documentary to show that she's done nothing wrong. And let me tell you something else that I know personally, because I know him. Mark Williams Thomas, the investigator. Basically, I know him because we used to have the same agent, right, that would get you bookings for stuff. I never really understood how this whole world worked, but you thought you needed an agent. I don't have one now. I just have lovely Mark. He had the same agent as me. And he was a desperado back then. This must be 10 years ago. So I was just getting more and more stuff. He was getting less and less. He, I don't know what he was involved. Was he involved with the Savile investigation? There was a reason he used to be booked for stuff and he wasn't getting booked anymore. He wasn't getting speeches anymore. He wasn't getting paid for TV appearances anymore. So he needed to get himself relevant. He's desperate for money. He's basically like a hooker, you know, with kids to feed. And honestly, he'd blow Michael with the syphilis around the back of the bar any day. I think these are probably hugely litigious um, and defamatory things I'm saying. But in my personal opinion, and just my personal view, that is who he is. And now um, Michelle Moan has basically offered him your money to be the senior investigator. And it's just so obnoxiously done. Like, the even the starting sequence, okay, so you've got the big pan, you've got the um, stock footage of a city in lockdown, you've got Mark Williams, Thomas stood on the coastline, like, here I am, stood on the coastline, investigating with a drone footage, drone shot, easy to do, seems dramatic, dramatic music, bam, bam, bam. It's obnoxiously done, I'm telling you, from an insider's perspective. He would do anything for money. And now he's taking your money to show that Michelle Moan, who's guilty of sin, is actually innocent. If that's investigating, I mean, please, I call it prostitution, just to make my point clear. OK, my darlings, I wanted to just bring you that because it kind of feels like a moment of truth. What I want to do is, well, no, what I'm required to do, it's not what I want to do, actually. What I need to do is go to a short commercial break. And then when I come back, I want to talk about kind of my mission for the next, certainly for the next week or so, but it will continue, is trying to shift people over from thinking the COVID inquiry is actually a COVID inquiry. So we'll work together, Tribe and me, on Chitty Chitty Chat Chats to think about how we shift. So it's not us that are already here, it's how we bring the ones we're able to bring across to realising what we know 
about the WHO and pandemic treaty in May 2024. So we're going to do that when we come back. Go nowhere apart from to the chat, or you can go for a wee, but you have to ask for a special pass. Put your hand up and ask Miss, and maybe I'll let you go. Um, meanwhile, my darlings, um, do be back here very shortly. My name, as you should know by now, is Katie Hopkins, and this is TNT Radio. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go, but I did ask for help and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there, providing hot meals, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed and I'm succeeding. To learn more, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. A moment of sanity in a sea of madness. Katie Hopkins on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, my darlings, and we are back in the room. Hooray, hooray, hurrah, hurrah. So what I want to talk about now is something which I think comes at a, 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 from a more of an insider's point of view. I'm just grabbing a tribe to see where you're all at. And this is the World Health Organization Pandemic Treaty. And uh, let's just check in with tribe. So just checking in to see where you guys are. So questions, what do you think the COVID inquiries are actually about? And do you guys see and recognise that COVID inquiries? Maybe you think differently to me. So please on Tribe here, I have you here, please tell me if you think the opposite to me. You think I'm mad. You think I'm a conspiracy theorist. And or you just think it's too cynical, right? Whatever, whatever. Just come and tell me that. So do, maybe you believe in the COVID inquiry and you think it's actually a COVID inquiry. And maybe you think the inquiry is supposed to find out what lessons could be learned. Hmm? Or maybe you're with me and probably a few others here on Tribe, not requiring anyone to think the same at all. And you don't have to belong by thinking the same. That's the opposite of what we're trying to do. Maybe you believe, as I believe at my personal level, that this has COVID inquiry. So which came first, the chicken or the egg? If the egg is the COVID inquiry and the chicken, I'm very much liking this, is the World Health Organization pandemic treaty, which came first. I'm realising the slight flaw in this argument because the argument is that you don't know which one came first, but I quite like that because it's sort of like smoke and mirrors. But let's just go with the idea that the chicken came first, right? People are off getting other coffees. You can't be off getting another coffee. We're trying to talk about the WHO, right? COVID inquiries are farce, only to show they didn't act fast enough, soon enough, hard enough. Mm-mm-mm. I think the WHO treaty will make absolutely no difference at all. Every government already does exactly what the WHO tells them exactly because their power and their financial uh, rewards are linked to doing what they're told. And you saw that with the Boris shift, right? 180 from Boris. No, 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 no lockdowns, master rubbish. I don't believe in it. Arrgh! Lock everything down. Stop, stop, go harder, lock harder, kill everything harder, crucify everything harder because I'm going to be rewarded or I might even be topped if I don't do what they say. So which came first, chicken or the egg? So my personal belief and others here on chat, but maybe not you, 
is that the World Health Organization pandemic treaty is takes precedent over everything. And above that is a few globalists directing it. The psyops and the intelligence strategy is how do we get people to believe that there was a democratic process from the bottom up that led to a World Health Organization pandemic treaty that takes over in a time of a pandemic. Ah, the way we do that is by having people who are unhappy with their handling of the pandemic and people like me who were unhappy that we ever locked down or unhappy that we were ever forcing people to take jabs to keep their mortgage. We would have wanted a COVID inquiry if there was a legitimate one that said, we locked down too hard, too fast, masks are a load of old crap. No one should have been forced out of their jobs. The brutality of people was truly frightening and never again is already here. That kind of thing. The opposite, right? We didn't lock down fast enough. Things weren't clear enough. And that's why you've got the KC doing a little bit of swearing for the amusing. Oh, here in this WhatsApp message, you called someone a effing prick. <laughs> how they How they lap it up. So all of the COVID inquiry, the outcome will be, as we can already see, and you will have already known if you knew and you know, is governments didn't really know what to do. Lots of confusion, findings, lots of disagreement, findings, changing governments didn't help, findings, you need something that's joined up, you need something that has continuity. You need something that is clear thinking and led by the science. You can, it's scripted in, the science saying they weren't listened to. So the medicine has already been prescribed before anyone knew the patient was sick. That might be better than the chicken and the egg, yes. So the medicine that's being prescribed for the sickness that's being diagnosed in pantomime form by the COVID inquiry, the medicine is the World Health Organization pandemic treaty, right? So yeah, to be honest, I haven't invested much time in the panto. It's pointless. Exactly. It's all designed to convince us that they'll be accountable. That would be one step, but it's actually designed, I believe, many believe, some others don't, to take us to the pandemic treaty. So the um, WHO Pandemic Preparedness Treaty. Oh, God. See, it hurts my heart. When I hear phrases like that, I imagine a different life where someone works um, as a public servant in bureaucracy. I remember doing, um, as part of my PPE, um, not, not personal protective equipment, <laughs> politics, philosophy and economics, <laughs> as part of that, doing a, what was it called? So, no, politics, political, damn it, I can't remember. An entire term of torture, public policy, that was it. A term of torture, which was basically public policy and how you make public policy. And bizarrely, I was really, really good at it which was mad because it, it crucified my soul. And I basically just channeled this inner deviant in me that, would, that thought like a sort of cretin that never had a personality and never drank anything and was just bookish and weird. And like, you know, I mean, I guess I look odd already, but you know what I mean? 
I channeled my inner deviant and I, I killed it that term on public policy, but that's what this is. And it crucifies my heart. People that work for something called the World Health Organization Pandemic Preparedness Treaty. Like if I wake up in my nightmares imagining what if I what if that was my actual life? What what if in my actual life I worked on a committee that was involved in shaping pandemic preparedness? I'd rather wake up and that I lived in, you know, Zambia. In fact, I'd much rather that because actually I know great Zambians. Anyway, this preparedness treaty, um, I'm looking for the date. I want to stay May 2024. Do correct me on chat. Do update me. Um, can I tell you that my slight issue is that the print on the article that I've printed is that small that my poor little eyes are failing me, but I'm just using excuses, aren't I? Here we go. The INB. And now you want to know what the INB is. Let me tell you. huh? Let me tell you. The Intergovernmental Negotiating Body. Woo! Imagine that if I had that name badge. Katie Hopkins. I don't know why I've been American, but I just decided I would be. The Intergovernmental Negotiating Body, and I belong to the WHO Preparedness, Preparedness Pandemic Preparedness Treaty. Oh, kill me now. <laughs> I want to look up. I'm going to do it straight after the show. I'm just trying to see what tribe we're up to. Uh, I want to. Um, I want to. Oh, I think it's someone saying that I'm. I'm. I'm hoping I'm. Someone's saying that I'm talking bollocks because I really like it. Oh, I don't know if they are. I'm hoping someone's saying that I'm talking bollocks because I like it when we have disagreements because it's really really important, isn't it? You know, there is no cultish one way of thinking. Yeah. So I just found the timeline. Um, here. I also want to look up afterwards what some people on the negotiating body uh, look like. So hold on, the IMB, uh, and then we're going to go to a clip, but the IMB will submit its outcome for consideration by the 77th World Health Assembly in May 2024. Right, without any further ado, let's go to this jolly clip. The WHO is developing through all its nations, but with the WHO directorate in the United States in charge, a pandemic treaty and amendments to the existing international health regulations that will remove the human rights protections currently um, embedded in the IHRs, will enforce surveillance, censorship, get rid of freedom of speech, require governments to censor and only push a single narrative. Also, we will be sub subject, if, if they can make this work, to vaccines developed in 100 days, which the organization CEPI is planning to do. And one of the people who founded CEPI was Jeremy Farrar, who is now the chief scientist at the WHO to bring this forward. Um, other things that, uh, that Amendments do is to bind the state so they have no longer recommendations, but enforceable edicts. Uh, provide a liability shield, get rid of intellectual property rights, move supplies from one country to another, um, enforce digital passports, and the Director General of WHO can demand that a pandemic or a potential pandemic exists he can just declare it with no standards, and then countries around the world will have to obey. 
Also, the WHO will tell you what drugs you can and can't use in your nation once a pandemic is declared. Obviously, the budget will increase. One Health is another part of this. One Health is a concept that was created to enable the WHO, with these documents, to take over jurisdiction of everything in the world by saying that climate change, animals, plants, water systems, ecosystems are all central to health. Also embedded in this concept is a peculiar notion that humans are no longer of greater value than animals. And I've got the quote there from The Lancet in January. Oof. She's good. She's good. I love her. I'm just looking at you guys here on Tribe. Uh, COVID inquiries are fast, only to show they didn't act fast enough, soon enough. Yes. Uh, other people are here saying that, you know, the COVID inquiry, who is it that's saying, I read somebody saying that the COVID inquiry in America is being conducted by the same guy that ran the COVID inquiry uh, no, sorry, that ran the inquiry for 9-11. Oh, I wanted to credit that person. I'm so sorry. Uh, what happens is because we're all chitty-chatting away, uh, Tribe moves really, really fast. So I see a comment that's like, oh, that's really good. And then when I come to say it, it's, it's skedaddled back into the past. So whoever you are that said that, how interesting, I did not know. And I must look that up to see. Um, lots of other people, Katie, you're not talking bollocks. Oh, it's absolutely true. Um and very revealing. What is it? Oh, I see. It's just, is it someone just, is it someone just slagging me off? I don't know. I'm unclear. Never mind. Uh, Dr. Meryl Nass knows what she's talking about. Um, and then other people here. Yeah, the pantodemic. Help from the WHO. We need your leadership as we were so inept. Yeah. So kind of the scripting of this pantomime right? That the scripting is such that we look inept, therefore we need the World Health Organization to ride in on its charger and save us all. The only person, people, pardon me, I would trust to conduct an inquiry would be Dr. Tom Cowan, an American, and Dr. Mark Bailey, the New Zealander. Yo, actually, that would be a good way to start off, wouldn't it? if we actually had an inquiry led by people that we had some trust in <laughs> and that we had some confidence in, <laughs> that'd be glorious. Now, the story that we haven't got to today that I really wanted to get to, which is a gorgeous article by someone whose um, grandfather um, was, was terminally ill and his grandfather asked his young uh, grandson, younger, to go and get him an assortment of street, street drugs, street drugs because he wanted to try them before he died. Not for any medical reason, not to relieve pain, uh, not to help him in any medical way, but just because all of his sensible life, he never took the drugs. And in his last dying months or weeks, he wanted to try them. So there's a whole story about that. And I wanted to come to Tribe to ask what your thinking was about that and to ask whether you felt like because part of me is like, well, hold on, if a man in his final months or weeks of life is asking his grandson to go out and score him heroin and other things so that he could try them, does that then push the argument that says you should try this stuff in your life? Because you don't want to get to your deathbed 
and realize that you didn't try any of the fun drugs that might be out there. Not that I'm advocating for drug taking and not that I'm advocating like heroin is a fun drug. I mean, I'm just saying, it gives you, does it not give you pause for thought? I'm hoping very much we'll have time to return to that story tomorrow because it kind of feels, I don't know why, but it feels near to my heart. Um, my darlings, thank you so much. Thank you for being part of TNT Radio. Thank you for being so open to sharing your views uh, here on chat. Your views genuinely drive the show and particularly i want to say if they are opposite views to mine go nowhere today stay with tnt my name is katie hopkins and this my friends is tnt radio 